I love preaching on a pulpit that's wet. That is really cool. If I need more, I know where to walk. And thank you, Sam, and your dear wife for letting little Camille, some of you didn't see this, but is a little, how old is she, Sam? So she was up here, and she was dancing, and she had her hands over her head, and, and I'm over there looking at this, thinking, man, the Bible says, let the little kids come unto me. And so little Camille is up here, and she's comfortable, and you're singing and worshiping Camille's right there at two. For some of you that are new, you walk into a situation like this. Maybe you're um, witnessing a friend getting baptized. Maybe you came last week to Easter and you're coming back. The reality is, is I think the God of the universe is holding out a carpet for you this morning and saying, let me show you what I can do. And let me show you how much I love you and how much I have a plan for your life. I attend... Uh, Freedom Foursquare Church out in southeast Portland. I love coming here. There's no place I'd rather be. Sam and I have been friends for years. In fact, I've known all the pastors of your church all the way back to Ken and Bobby when we were at East Hill, and they were sent out to come here and pioneer this church. So my connection with this church, I just feel warm. And to have you invite me to the first of a series again, thanks, brother. It's awesome. Yeah, I appreciate it so much. So we're talking about today the body of Christ and finding your place in the body of Christ. We're going old school this morning with Bibles, or you can get the Bible app on your phone. And we're just going to talk about that as the fact that church is never a building, although you guys do really well with this. And church isn't necessarily just a service, although this is great. Church is a body, it's a family, it's people, it's connection, it's being invited into this amazing group of people through Jesus dying for us, or as the Bible would say, through the blood of Jesus. I was talking to my wife last night about any exclusive club she'd ever been a part of, and I think I knew what she was going to say, but I said, honey, and, and she's on the worship team at our church, so that's why she's not here. But I said, Judy, what's the most exclusive thing you've ever been invited to do? And she said, well, when I was going to Barlow, and I signed up and tried out for America's Youth in Concert, and I made this team comprised of all the band and elite choir members around the United States, and we flew to Europe, and we sang all over Europe. And she was 18. Pretty exclusive. And I was thinking back to mine, and I was in Boy Scouts. Anybody in Boy Scouts? Yeah. Order of the Arrow. Remember that? Yeah. Were you there? That was a big thing for me. When they, I'd lost my dad as a kid without mooring. My brother was kind of a mean dude. I was looking for some connection. Somehow in this Boy Scout thing, I found a connection. They began to recognize some stuff in me. Did you go to Meriwether for your uh, Order of the Arrow? How? No, we did it. Okay. And then did you have to carve the arrow to get into the one meal? Did they do that up there? Yeah. How long was your arrow? Mine was the longest of everybody there. I was like 12 to 14 inches. They're like, well, that's a long arrow. You take hours, right, to do that. 
But that was an elite thing for me. It was like, wow, they, my fellow uh, scouts voted me in. They wanted me to be in this group that's kind of leadership development. And it was great. But let me tell you, if you've found Christ, you've been invited to this amazing group called the Body of Christ. And witnessing these guys, so proud of the three, right? Uh, Jaden, Desiah, and Junior. When you see this, and Pastor Sam, you baptize them, and that's really kind of the public coming out, if you will, of somebody saying, I'm down with Jesus, I'm going with him forever, I'm going to make it happen with him. I was in a Baptist church when I was about 17, 16, 17, and they did this, but the pastor wore a suit, and he got down in the water with me, and I'm like, how did they do that? How do you, how does he have a suit on, and, and he's in the water, and I, I never could figure it out. It's like, those Baptists, man, they are sharp people. I haven't figured that out. And then I got down in the water, I'm like, oh, he has hip waders on. <laughs> and he has a jacket over the hip waders. He's trying to trick us all. I heard one story one time, Jamie Buckingham, where he was doing the same thing, and the guy baptized was pretty large. And when he put him down in the water, the water came up into his hip waders. And after the guy got up, he couldn't move after the, because he, he was full of water in his hip waders. How am I going to get out of here? Anyway, the picture of someone being baptized in water is the picture that God wants us to know that when we receive Christ, he brings us into his family. This is what I feel like this morning. You ever go to, maybe you were dating, uh, maybe you were invited over to a friend's house, but you ever go to a Christmas meal or a Thanksgiving meal or an Easter meal, and you didn't know many people, but you came in there kind of wondering what was going on, and they all made you so, so welcome, and the food was the best, and you walked out of there just going, that was just a great day. You ever do that? Yeah, maybe the first time you're dating your guy or dating you or whatever it is. That's what I feel like today. I feel like I've been able to come in, see the worship, see my friends Larry and Lori, see the baptisms, hear some words from the Lord. Now we'll get into the word of God, but I just feel so privileged to be with you this morning as we talk about finding your place in the body of Christ. So the title of the series starts, The Body of Christ, Finding Your Place. If you have your Bibles or you've got the Bible app on your phone, would you take a look at 1 Corinthians 12? I love it every once in a while when we don't do PowerPoint because you're like, Bible? Bible? Bring my Bible? It's in my truck. It's at work. It's in my locker. It's at home. Hey, good thing to have at the Bible, the Bible here at the church. My grandmother was in an Assembly of God church, and you know what they used to do every Sunday morning in Sunday school, they'd count the Bibles, and then the next week they'd put up the number of Bibles on the wall. Anybody ever see that? Yeah, it's how many people attended, what your Sunday school offering was, and how many people brought their Bible. Count me, count me. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, again, the body of Christ finding your place. So 1 Corinthians 12 Paul writes this letter, the Apostle Paul, 
might be new to this, he was a guy that started churches all around Asia Minor, Turkey, that area, Syria. And then he would write letters to these churches he started, not unlike us being a church. So to this one church that was kind of dysfunctional, kind of had some issues like we do, he wrote about spiritual gifts. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4, he says this, There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. Different kinds of service or ministries, but the same Lord. Different kinds of working or effects, but the same God works all of them in all men. Pastor Sam, when you were talking to Jaden, and you gave that word about how sincere people have an effect on others that are different than just a super strong personality and the wisdom that comes where people can receive from that. The effect of each of our lives is different, and the effect of each of the gifts that God gives us, even if it's the same gift if I have as someone else, the effect is different because of what the Holy Spirit's trying to do in people's lives. Now to each one, verse 7, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the, what's the word? Common good, right. To one there's given through the Spirit the message of wisdom, to another the message of knowledge, to another faith, to another gifts of healing, we sang about that this morning, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, that is speaking the word of God, to another different kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues, to another discerning of spirits. All of these are the work of one and the same spirit. He gives them to each one just as he determines. So you didn't choose your eye color. You didn't choose your hair color. You didn't choose your height, although Michael Jordan would like you to think he did choose his height when he got cut from his senior team in the high school where he was at, he knew he needed to get taller, so for hours and hours he would hang upside down on this bar, I just need to get taller, I need to get taller. He'd like to think he did, but he really didn't. We're blessed with all these things from our parents. And when you find Christ, Christ also by his spirit puts things inside you that are his characteristics he's going to give you. They're unique. You may not like them, but it's what you got. I grew up with a brother, super loud, super leadership-oriented. I'm always, like, kind of embarrassed about him being, and now I'm that guy. You know, it's like, Dad, please, Dad. Still my kids, grandkids. Papa, please, don't do that, you know. You're, you're, you're doing things that are in your personality to do because the Holy Spirit put them there for his glory. So now Paul goes into this thing about the body, the body of Christ, finding your place. Check this out, verse 12. The body's a unit, though it's made up of many parts. And though all its parts are many, they form what? One body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, Republican or Democrat, it doesn't matter. We're all given one spirit to drink. Now the body's not made up of one part, but many, that's right. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, cease to be a part of the body. 
And if an ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? But, in fact, verse 18, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, key verse, just where he wanted them to be. Let me read that again. But, in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. I can't say to the hand, I don't need you. Head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts we speak, we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable, we, speak, we treat with special modesty. While our presentable, read, good-looking parts need no special attention, but God has combined the members of the body and has given greater honor to the parts that lacked it so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, all suffer. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. What a great passage. Forty times the word body of Christ is mentioned in the Bible, and 17 of them are right there in what we just read. So it's a big piece of what the body of Christ is. Let me just draw some conclusions from this passage. See what you think. First of all, we were all baptized by one spirit into one body and given one spirit to drink. So the I'll try not to fall in. So the reality of when our three friends were baptized here, it says to all of us, their old man is dead, their new life has come. You even prayed that, Pastor Sam, over them. It also says to all of us, they're a part of the body of Christ. And that water symbolizes how their sins have been forgiven and how they're walking in newness of life. It also says... They've been baptized into a family. That's a big deal. When somebody does that in front of their friends and family, it says to everyone, wow, this person is serious and they're going on with the Lord. It's hard to go on with the Lord by yourself. Can I get a witness on that one? Sometimes we think we're too cool for the church. Sometimes we think we're too cool to be submitted. Sometimes we think, yeah, I can do it on my own. How's that going for you? It just doesn't work so well. One of the young men I'm most proud of is my brother's youngest son, David, who plays in the NFL. And for eight years before every game has gone to the end zone and prayed by himself. And then after the game, every time has gone to the 50-yard line and prayed. And he does it whether there's just him or whether there's big groups. Always wears his cross, faithful to his wife, raises his three little kids for the Lord. And even though he's making big bucks, he knows where he came from. And his relationship with Jesus is what matters the most. When you look throughout the Hollywood world and you look throughout the famous world and 
you look throughout the athletic world and you look throughout the well-moneyed world, the people that are happiest are not happy by their reputation. They're happy because of who they know. And when you dig behind it, you find these people of faith at every one of those levels. That's because we were made for a relationship with God. There's this God-shaped hole in our heart that each of us are looking to fill. I'm thankful Jesus fills us. Amen? So that's the first thing. We're all baptized by the Spirit into one body. Number two, we're all a part of the body of Christ, and we all have gifts to share. We're all a part. Say, I'm a part. You are. We all have gifts to share. Had this amazing thing happen this week with a lollipop. Anybody like lollipops? Okay, thank you. I see that. So there's this, I work at Costco, and there's this, this one guy that, he's a royal rosarian from the Rose Festival. And he knows me, and he's, he's a gracious guy. He's got to be 90. And so next to him, I feel like a little kid. And as if to keep that relationship going, when he comes in, he brings me candy. Okay. So this last week, he comes in, and I'm working with the person, membership counter, and he reads, how are you? He hands me a lollipop. I'm like, I'm good, thanks, appreciate it. And he's out like the wind, you know. I'm like, okay, lollipop goes right there. I'm working with some people, and I come to this uh, lady and her husband, and the transaction takes quite a while. I'm feeling for her a little bit, and she's in one of those little scooters. And I said, would you like a lollipop? And she says, oh. I'm diabetic. I need that lollipop right now. I can't believe you just offered that to me. And I'm thinking, I'm just a part of a bigger thing that's going on here. I think that's how spiritual gifts are. I think that as a part of the body of Christ and each having gifts, that God puts stuff in us, not necessarily just for us. I could have downed the lollipop Lick, lick, crunch, crunch, it's gone. But the lady actually needed it physically to make it through. And sure enough, after we were done with this exchange, she zipped down to the restroom right after that. Mike, amazing. God's deposited gifts in all of our lives as a part of the body of Christ. It's up to us to use them. And really, if I'd eaten that lollipop, it wouldn't have meant near as much is if I gave it away to someone who needed it. You might have prophetic things in your life, speaking in tongues in your life, healing in your life, miracles in your life. That's awesome. But I'll tell you where it gets really exciting is when you use those things. And other people walk away like, what just happened? What, what just happened through me? Thirdly, verse 18, God has placed every one of us in the body just where he wanted us to be. Can you say that with me? God has placed me in the body just where he wanted me to be. I like that. Can we do that again? God has placed me in the body just where he wanted me to be. So as I'm driving here from Milwaukee and I look over and see the Lutheran Church in Damascus and I see... Um, Hope City and Milwaukee, and I see different churches, and I'm thinking, man, Lord, you've, you've placed them not just in a building, but in a family. 
God does that. So I think of the reality of how God places people. And I was thinking of this, Ryan. I was thinking of laundry love. And I was thinking about how God just, he puts things in our hearts to just want to do something, right? You walk by something or you walk by somebody and your heart just kind of stays there and you're like, what is happening? I, I feel drawn this way. So could you come up, Ryan, real quick, and we're going to say, good morning, Ryan. Good morning, Ryan. And I just thought I'd ask you a question or two, and I'll give you this. But what is it that kind of, maybe explain what laundry love is real quick, and then how did God just kind of touch your heart to get involved there? Well, laundry loves are, is a ministry we do to where we provide laundry care for those that need. So we offer to pay for all their laundry if they can't afford it, if they're coming on hard times. So variety of different people come there for variety of different reasons, whether they're homeless or just out of a job for the time being. They need clean clothes for their families, So, How did God move on your heart to kind of get involved in that? Um, I got involved when I, early when I came to this church um, just to see what it was like, number one. Paul had, was putting it on, and we were offering food. So I was like, I could cook food. I'll bring some food by. And then... I never left since. It was, it was amazing to see how much joy you could bring to somebody, how much you actually cared, how much it was. It, it wasn't for me. It was for somebody else, and it was amazing. I so, love it. Yeah. In, I know you can do ministry here. What's it like doing ministry out there versus here? So doing ministry here is great serving each other, but as soon as you go out, it's, it's different. It, you're, you're now God's hand. You're, 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 you're a part of a, something bigger. It's, you're expanding. You're just, you're no longer just you. You're, you're out there serving God's purpose, not just your own. So, Is there some challenge to what you're doing in terms of time and pushback and relationship and not everybody appreciates what you're doing oh yeah i have my ups and downs with laundry love honestly yeah um every every month i come up to it and i say well i've now taken on more than i can handle um i I I don't have the time to do this i don't want to do this and then i get there and i'm filled with joy i'm full again it's every month but i do need help still so just so you know I do need help. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Can we say thanks, Ryan, for doing what he does? <clears throat> Let me show you how this works. Some of you just kind of had your heart touched by what Ryan shared right there. Because we tend to be attracted from the gifts we have to people that have them. We tend to be drawn by the Holy Spirit to be teams versus individuals. Having pastored many, many years, Ryan, sometimes you walk into a situation and it's just you and you're like, oh, God, please help me. And then other times you walk in and everybody's waiting like, good, you're finally here. Can we get going? I like the second one better. But sometimes to get to the second one, we go through the first one, right? Like you are and like you're praying. So if, if God touches your heart just there, or some other ministry that you're like, gosh, I'm just drawn to that. That's the Holy Spirit doing that stuff. 
I read a story this week about a lady who grew up in Harlem and her brother and she, just very, very difficult situation. She ended up going to a church there. She found Christ. I think it was an Assembly of God church, and it was multi-ethnic, multicultural, multi-relational, but missions-oriented. And so she got involved in a homeless store. Actually, it was a secondhand store, but it was really to provide resources for the homeless and serve them. And then she got involved in a prayer group. And then she got involved in a missions team. And somewhere along the line, she got married and had five kids. And then she got involved in this thing called U.S. Center for World Missions Perspectives class. And that did well. And then the U.S. Center for World Mission called her and said, would you oversee this part of the region of the United States for perspective? She did that. And then she ended up finishing this degree and that degree, and now she heads up the board of directors for William Carey International University in Los Angeles that oversees all the perspectives classes around the world. She started by just working at a secondhand store. But she was faithful to it at each point. And the Bible says that if we're faithful in little, what's he do? Makes us faithful over much. That's right. So God's placed every one of us in the body just where he wants us to be. Our encouragement, my encouragement, is just respond to what he's doing. If you're tired of what you're doing, you might ask, Lord, what do you have for me? Where do you want me? I always thought, Pastor Sam, I always thought preaching at one church was the best. Now I've figured out, no, preaching at lots of churches is even better. <laughs> Coming here where they say, you're great, you're our cousin here. Oh, by the way, God bless you. And I'm like, really? I don't have to empty the garbage. I don't have to sign the checks. I don't have to chair the council meeting. It's awesome! <laughs> I love it. Number four, in the body, we need each other. You heard it right there from Ryan. Ryan's sharing it. But he's like, I could sure use help. One time I walked into Sunday night service at Sunnyside Foursquare where I was serving. Anybody know Susie Berman? Yeah. So I walked into Sunday, uh, Sunday night church, and I was just ripped. I mean, we'd had services on the weekend, and I had other stuff I had to do, and whatever it was. And, and I was just so tired, and I think I had to speak that night or whatever it was. And, and Susie, I was talking to Susie, hey, pray for me. And she says, Reese? Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. I'm like, what? Reese, if you're coming here tonight because you're coming in the name of the Lord, yeah, you're going to be blessed. I'm like, oh, wow. Never thought of that scripture that way. Blessed is he who comes or she who comes in the name of the Lord. I couldn't have made it through some of those periods without people like that stepping up and speaking into my life. I needed them. One time I was headed into a staff meeting and I was, had come through a very, very difficult time and what I came through had the face of the senior leader on it and my body language was, I'm not taking hostages today, they're all going down. <laughs> and my friend Fred saw me coming in like that and he put his bigger body than mine in front of me and says, you're not going in there like that. What? I am. You're not going, you remember, you know how the guys fight and... NBA games or football or whatever, and the coach is trying to hold them back, and they're like, mm, I'm going to get that guy. That's kind of how I felt. But he didn't let me get in there until 
he shut that down, and I needed him in my life. We need each other. We don't just come to get. We come to give. Number five, in the body of Christ, we honor and protect one another. It says here that the more vulnerable or unseemly members, maybe so to speak, our kidneys, our heart, those things are vulnerable, but they're more important. We have to protect each other and honor each other. If we don't do it in the church, who's going to know how to do it? These three kids that made this big commitment should be honored, don't you think? We should remember this and say, I remember. It was that, that Sunday where Pastor Sam, all the water went all over. You remember that? All the water went all over there. And that funny guy came and spoke. and all, Honoring people in the body of Christ is awesome. Our church, about a year ago, our pastor was Pastor Dave Pauley. He just felt the Lord challenged him to help start a culture of honor. And I was a part of a number of teacher kind of people. They had come up front and they honored us. And it was, it was, it was almost embarrassing, but it was so affirming. It made me just like, wow, this is what the church can be if we honor people. One of the young ladies I work with at Costco had a baby about eight months ago, and this is the cutest little baby. And she's single, and she loves Jesus. And I'm so impressed with her because of how she's working to take care of this little one and her attitude and her love for Jesus. I honor her because I know so many people have made other choices or would have made other choices in that situation. She didn't do it. I've never told her that's why I think it's so great. I just act that way towards her. And it lets me feel if I've done nothing else, I've honored this young lady who needs to be honored. And then lastly, he says, if one part suffers, all parts suffer. Difficult funerals here this weekend. You feel it. We need to care for each other. Some of us are moving so quick that it's hard for us to slow down to have someone grab me and say, can I just take a moment with you and tell you I'm concerned? I'd like to pray for you. Can I buy you a burger? Can I tell me what's going on in your life? That time where we've just got space to care for each other as a member of the body of Christ, awesome. So just my quick six. We're all baptized into the body of Christ. We all have gifts to share. God's placed each one of us in the body where he wants us. We need each other. We have to honor and care for each other. I'll tell you this one last story, then we'll pray. I was attending uh, East Hill Church. Anybody go to Encounter back at East Hill back in the day? Can I see the Encounter hands? Thank you so much. Three of us. Thank you. Went to encounter a college group. This is where I really think I understood that the church is a body. Because so I walked into this gathering <clears throat> of 18, 19, 20, 21-year-olds, many. And 
met my wife there, and did you guys meet? Encounter? No. Yeah, yeah, same. Yeah. So met my wife there, all this stuff, and you're finding people just like you, dealing with issues just like you. They need you. You need them. So I met this one young man, and he, he seemed... Um, I just knew there was something he was dealing with. And his brother was there too, and there, there seemed to be a little bit of a similarity in what they were dealing with. <clears throat> so just in the course of time and doing stuff, um, I ended up taking him home one day and driving him home. And we got talking, and it came out that he had cystic fibrosis. And although now you can live longer, they say, with technology that's happened and different things that have happened in the health industry, you might be able now to live into your 40s, mid-40s. There, back in the day, this was in the 70s, the life expectancy was mid-20s. Yeah. And two brothers. And I think this guy was maybe 17, 18. And his brother was maybe 21, 22. So I'm driving him home back to Scapoose, and we're just talking, and he begins to tell me the story. And he says, you know, I probably, I have cystic fibrosis, and I'm, I'm probably going to make it to just somewhere in my 20s. I'm like, wow. But he was giving himself to the Lord. He was pursuing God, and I'm like, wow. Made me want to honor him big time because of the choices that he was making, it also made me want to protect him from anything or anybody. I think that's where the body of Christ needs to be, that we honor each other. Here we are, we're going for it with Jesus. It's awesome, you can do it. I know that was hard, but <clears throat> hey, let's get up again and let's go for it. But someone else is going to, no, 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 you got to protect him. i got to protect Ryan. I've got to make sure that Ryan isn't doing this by himself. I've got to make sure that I'm praying for him. Put him on my list. I'll go down for half a day. Interesting thing is when you go down for half of that, it's so good. It's like, nah, I'm just staying. It's going to be great. But I've got to protect that gift. Amen? And Ryan, got to protect my pastor. Got to protect my team. Got to protect the kids. God wants us to honor and protect and care for each other. Can you pray with me? Lord, what a great morning to see Desiah and Jaden and Junior baptized. To hear about baptism around the world, that this speaks to all of us about entering the body of Christ. Hear about laundry love, Lord, to know that you're moving in our hearts, drawing us to be right where you want us to be. Which one of the points this morning, folks, as your heads are bowed, which one of the points was God just working on you about? Is it that honor peace, care for someone peace, place me, Lord, in the body where you want me, not comfortable where I am, will you move me? Maybe you're here this morning and you haven't opened your heart up to Christ and you've felt this thing on your heart, knock, knock, knock. That's the Holy Spirit saying, I would like a relationship with you. 
A person doesn't become a believer in Christ by some man-made thing. It's this spiritual family that God has started through Christ and invited us all to. If you're here this morning and you've never asked Christ into your heart, this would be a great time to do it between you and him. You control your heart and who's the Lord there. And God knocks on each heart, wanting a relationship with you. If that's you and you want Jesus to come into your heart or you're somewhat away and you're like, I'm back, I'm back, I'm back, would you put your heart, your hand on your heart and pray with me kind of under your breath in church? Can you pray with me too as we make this commitment to Christ along with those that would do this? Can you pray, Lord Jesus? I give you my heart. Believe that you died for me. And you rose again. And I receive you now. Forgive my sins. Come into my life. Make me a part of your body. Fill me with your spirit. And use me. And give me boldness. To walk with you. I turn from my life without you and I turn to you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you did that, there'll be some people up here able to pray with you this morning or maybe the person you came with could pray with you, but the key thing is tell somebody, hey, I prayed that prayer. I received Christ into my life and then become a part of what God is doing here.